Today I'm going to be preaching on how to love God, and uh, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart. Friday, many of us will be, I think all of us will be, uh, unless you uh, open your gifts Christmas Eve, and then you're out of the will of God if you do that, but, uh, <laughs> but Christmas morning, uh, most of you will be opening gifts, and we'll be opening gifts for each other, but folks, what about Jesus. On our shopping list, Christmas list, did we include the Lord Jesus Christ? It's his birthday. And I believe all of us, we need to love God. He doesn't need anything from us, but he desires for us to love him. I don't know how many of you are like me. I'm not a very good gift wrapper. Is there anybody else out there like that? Okay, a couple honest people. My wife says... Bob, you use way too much wrapping paper. I love scotch tape. You just <laughs> said, you got to cut it off. I said, it doesn't matter. They don't look at the gift and say, oh, look at that. looks so nice. I'm not going to open it. No, they open it and it, you know. But around the world, people are going to be opening gifts. But the greatest gift of all will be neglected. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles this morning, please turn to a familiar verse to all of us, John chapter 3 and verse 16. John chapter 3, verse 16. It's a verse that many of you have memorized. It's probably the first verse you ever memorized. It's a verse that you see the reference when you watch a football game on TV. Somebody will have a poster that says John 3, 16. Or when you're driving and you go under a bridge and there's John 3.16. Even the unsaved know about John 3.16. But I want to unpack John 3.16 this morning because I think we get so familiar with John 3.16 we forget the true meaning of John 3.16. When you think about the Christmas story that God became man, dwelt among us. It's amazing. Someone said that John 3.16 is the gospel in a nutshell. Charles Spurgeon said he would try to preach from John chapter 3, verse 16 at least one time during the year. One of the greatest preachers that ever lived. I don't believe we can really comprehend John chapter 3, verse 16. We quote it. We say, I know that. But do we really know it? John chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, I'm so thankful this morning that you did send your son to die for me. A wicked sinner. I, I pray, Lord, that you would guide my lips and my mind this morning. We need to hear from you. And I ask, Father, that when we leave this auditorium this morning, that we'll never look at John 3.16 the same 
Oh, Father, speak to hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Tuesday afternoon, I got to do something that was fun because usually on Monday night, we go Christmas caroling, we go to the nursing homes. There's no way they're going to let us go to the nursing homes. And so we decided this year that we were going to make Christmas cookies. And if you have Christmas cookies and you don't want to come in tomorrow night, just bring them tonight and I'll make sure Brandon doesn't eat them all. And uh, we'll have them for the police officers. But I uh, had the privilege of calling four different police stations. And usually I have a nervousness when I call police station. And so I looked up uh, Champaign Police Department and Googled it and uh, got the number. And I uh, called and a lady answered the phone and I said, ma'am, I said, I'm Bob Hass. I'm the pastor of Faith Baptist Church. And she was real serious, real businesslike. She's probably had her notepad out there. I'm like, oh, no, what's going on here now? And I said, I just wanted to know if it would be all right if we came by on Monday night to deliver Christmas cookies to the police. Oh, that would be great. You know, every call went the same way. When I called our band, the only difference was a man answered the phone. And he, he was excited, too. You know. And I called Rantoul in the University Police Department. But folks, people love good news. 2020 has been a year full of bad news. But I have great news for you this morning. John chapter 3, verse 16. Jesus came for you. That's what Christmas is about. It's not about the shopping. It's not about decorating trees. It's not about making Christmas cookies. It's about not Christmas caroling. It's, it's not about decorating your house. It's not about getting a vacation. It's about Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful that God knew exactly what we needed. Because we're kind of different now. When the kids were younger, we would just buy whatever we wanted to buy for them. If they liked it or not, they got it. Now we're different. Now we call them up or text them and say, what would you like for Christmas? And if Joshua says he wants a new car, I say, forget it. Get your own car. But I want something useful for them. And Jonathan will just say, well, just send me an Amazon card. I said, that looks really good underneath the tree, you know. But folks, Jesus, out of love, gave us our greatest need. And that's for forgiveness. Because all of us will die someday. And all of us will spend eternity someplace, either heaven or hell. I'm thankful for John 3.16. This last week, and uh, once a week we usually get a call, and it's a recorded voice. And they says, please don't hang up. I'm from Amazon Business or Amazon Google. Guess what I do? I hang up. I want to encourage you this morning. Don't check out. Please don't check out. Greatest news, greatest gift, and it's for you. And number one, if you have never received it, receive it. And number two, if you have received it and you've gotten used to it, tell God how much you're thankful for the gift of salvation. First of all, we see the giver, the giver, the world's greatest giver. 
Because he knows exactly what we need and he gives to us constantly for God. And John is not talking about any God. He's talking about the God of the Bible. The God who created you. The God who created me. The God who designed us. I thought to myself not too long ago that whenever someone gives you a gift, you need to thank God for that gift. And on Friday, several pastors, we were able to enjoy a free meal at the Beef House. I thank the person that paid for the meal, but I thank God also because every good and every perfect gift comes from the Father above. So thank God. When was the last time you thanked God for your great salvation? You see, God is self-existing. He doesn't need air to breathe to exist. He doesn't need water to drink. He doesn't need food to eat. What happens to you when you miss a meal? You get grumpy. I remember years ago, and the ministry would recommend that I stay a little longer. I get home after dinner, and my wife says, you need something to eat. You're grumpy. God doesn't get grumpy. Our problem, we think we don't need God. God does not need us. We need him. And folks, we need him all the time. And there's this lie in all of us that I don't need God. I mean, there's some people this morning, they don't go to church at all, even when they can go to church, because they don't need God. They don't need people. Folks, the very fact we need air to breathe, water to drink, food to eat, God is saying, you need me. We need him all the time. How come when we get into a trial, then all of a sudden we realize, oh, I need you, God. No, we need him before the trial. We need God all the time. That's built into our nature. All my kids were this way, but I remember Joshua. He was very independent, still is. I, I remember when he was growing up, I mean, we're in the car. And if he didn't like the radio station we had on, he would just switch the dial. No one told him to do it. He just did it. I said, Joshua, this is our car. We're paying for the gas. When you eat your car, you can select whatever channel you want. I forgot how old he was, but he was running across the living room and his tennis shoe was untied. So I said, Josh, come over here. Let me tie your tennis shoe. Because I knew he didn't know how to tie his tennis shoe. And so when I reached down to tie his tennis shoe, he pushed my hand away like that. I can do it myself. He didn't know how to do it. But you know, folks, right now we have that same attitude towards God. Lord, I can handle this. But I've been a Christian for many, many years. Uh, uh, don't worry about me, Lord. I know a lot about the Bible. My sins are not as bad as other people's sins. Folks, we need God. He is self-existing. He is all-powerful. Jeremiah 32, 17, O Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. We think it's too hard for God. God said there's nothing too hard for thee. Nothing too hard for me, God says. No when worry and stress and fear comes into our life. When we're facing a situation, we think it's too hard. It's too hard. It's too big for me. It's not too big for God. 
We think of the Christmas story and the wise men followed the star. It's amazing, just stars in itself. There are 10 billion trillion stars out there. I don't know how they ever came up with that figure. To the naked eye at night, you can see about 2,000 stars. What's incredible? God has named every star. The sun is the closest star to us. He said, whoa. Now, if you wanted to travel to the sun, be my guess. You'd find the fastest rocket ship available, and it'd take you 70,000 years to reach the sun. Now, when you look up at the stars at night, most of the stars that you see are bigger and brighter than the sun. Isn't that incredible? One star, they said, is 1,800 times bigger than the sun. That's the God we're talking about. He is self-existing. He is all-powerful. He is eternal. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. But this God that we serve is a personal God too. Because the Bible says that God is love. He's the greatest lover. In fact, God loves that person that you can't stand. God loves everyone. God says you need to love people like I love people. We have a problem with that. 1 John 4, 8, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world. Now the Bible doesn't say that the world loves God because we know the world doesn't love God. But God still loves the world. Now what motivated God to send His only Son to this world? Simply love. Because we love people because there's something about them that we like. They're good looking. That's why you get married when you're younger, all right? And uh, they might be rich. They might have a good personality. But we love them because there's something in them that we like. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He knows everything about us and he still loves us. For God so, so the intensity of that love is amazing. You see, he loves us because he is love. And one of the greatest needs of people today is that they want someone to love them. Folks, if God loves you, you don't need anyone else to love you. You've got the God of this universe that loves you. In 1 John 4.10, here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. He loves you this morning. 
And he didn't just say, I love you. He's proven his love because true love gives. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. The greatest sacrifice. Henry Morehouse, a young man, a British preacher, was in England when Dill Moody came to visit. And uh, they got a, struck up a conversation together and Deal Moody said, you know, if you ever come to the United States, and Deal Moody's thinking he'll never get to the United States, so I don't have to worry about it. You can preach in my church. But he was shocked. A couple months later, a call came in from New York, and uh, Henry Morehouse was on the other end of the line. He says, hey, I'm in America. I'm sure Deal Moody's heart just dropped. Yeah? Well, I'll be in Chicago. Um, D. Mel Moody said, oh, okay, I'll have, you, I'll have you preach during the week. I'll be out of town. He thought he'd be okay, you know, he's out of town. And so he had Henry Morehouse preach. And Henry Morehouse preached from John chapter 3, verse 16. So when D. L. Moody came back, he asked his wife, how did the service go? She says, oh, it was great. He's a better preacher than you are. Deal Moody said, what? Yeah, he's a better preacher than you are. What did he preach on? John chapter 3, verse 16. He's still here. You can have him preach more. So he asked Henry Morehouse to preach again. He preached from John chapter 3, verse 16 for several nights in a row. And he preached from John chapter 3, verse 16. And Deal Moody said, that changed my perspective of the love of God because I used to think that God hated sinners. God doesn't hate sinners. He loves sinners. See, you'll go to hell unsaved, but you won't go to hell unloved. Folks, think about that. No wonder Paul said, the love of Christ constraineth me. And we look for love in every other place but God. For God so loved the world that he gave. True love gives his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, God this morning, he loves that atheist, and he loves that person that disobeys him. He loves those people that march and they don't want anything to do with God. He loves them. In Romans chapter 3, verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Folks, think about it. What if the only attraction we had at this church was God himself? Would you come? Now, last week we had a lot of people here because we had a children's program. But what if we never had a children's program, never had special music, And God was the only attraction, would you come? There is none, Romans 3.11, that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. None of us. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. 
Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. How can a holy, righteous God love wicked, rebellious sinners? I try to pass out my track a lot during the week, and um, it was on Thursday, and you, know, you start feeling sorry for yourself, and I think, no, stop it. You, know, you have to preach to yourself. Stop having a pity party. There's other people that need the gospel. And I was at the Y, and I uh, took out one of my tracks from my coat pocket and gave it to an older lady, and I said, may I give this to you? And she said, sure. And she took it and started reading it. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I wanted to be gone before she read it. But so reading it, she goes, oh, yeah, this disease. I'm familiar with the disease. I said, wait a minute. Most doctors have never heard of the disease. Hereditary spastic paraplegia. She said, well, I am a doctor. I said, oh, And she said, thank you, and I'll read this. And she says, you're doing great. Folks, maybe everyone hasn't heard about the disease, but they need to know about Jesus Christ. And you say, well, Pastor, in this country, people haven't heard about Jesus Christ. Yes, there's some. And some have never heard. It's not by your works or your acts of righteousness. It's by the Lord Jesus Christ. The giver. Then we see the gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It was the greatest offer. The greatest gift. You see, God didn't have three sons or two sons. He had one son. I thought about that. I have three boys. That'd be tough for me to give one boy away. To set be sacrificed for others. And if I did, I'd have two left. Jesus gave his only begotten son. It wasn't a thing. It was his son. That's love. Talk about sacrifice. Because when Jesus came... Most babies are born, Jesus was sent. I wouldn't say most, but all babies are born, but Jesus was sent. He had a mission. That mission was you. That mission was me. And someone said in their prayer that someday, Brian's in his prayer, that someday we'll be able to go to heaven because of Jesus Christ. And so we see the giver, God, the gift, the Lord Jesus Christ. But I love the guarantee. And folks, sometimes companies don't back up their warranty, their guarantees. And I found this out. If you buy a refrigerator and it has a six-month warranty, after six months and three days, then it breaks down. But notice the guarantee. For God so loved the world. For whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have, 
should not perish, but have everlasting life. Understand that this morning, there is no sin that I can commit in the future that would cause me to lose my salvation. Everlasting life. Now, there are some people that believe that and they teach that you can lose your salvation. No, you can't. You see, what if we could be saved for five years and commit some sin and lose our salvation after five years? Then we'd have five-year life. We have everlasting life. For whosoever believeth in him. You see, this gift isn't for everyone. It's for those who believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It is not your good works plus what Christ has done on the cross. It's all Him. And if this morning, if you're thinking, well, Pastor, I'm a good person. I, I, I come to church. I even hear my Bible. I pray. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you have done. It matters what Jesus has done. That's the wonderful news. When I share the gospel with people and they tell me, well, you don't know my background. I, I've been in jail. It doesn't matter what you have done. It matters what Jesus has done for you. Should never perish to burn forever in hell. Folks, grab hold of this gift this morning. Your worst day is by far better than any person in hell. You can say, Pastor, it's been hard. Your day is great compared to that person in hell. You will never perish. What happens at salvation? I'm so thankful for this. All my sins have been forgiven. All my sins have been forgiven. See, I, I don't live with this fear that maybe I'll commit some sin in the future and I'll lose my salvation. No, Jesus already died for that sin. That ought to motivate me to love Christ in a greater way. And the Bible tells me that once I get saved, I become a child of God. You see, God is my Heavenly Father. He's a perfect God. He knows exactly what I need. You know, there's sometimes I'm going through a trial and I pray to God and it sounds like, I mean, it seems like he's not listening. God knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. 1 John 3, 1 and 2, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now let's start acting like it. Let's start living like it. No wonder he says, be ye holy as I am holy. What kind of testimony is it to those who are unsaved when you're down in the dumps? When God is still in control. That the sinner becomes a joint heir with Christ. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 17, If children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Now I would challenge you, study the Christmas story. It was not easy for the Lord Jesus Christ. From day one. You see, Jesus wasn't born to in a rich person's house, a poor person. People made fun of him. They slandered him. He was perfect. They lied about him. The same people he died for. You say, well, my life isn't easy. Well, join the club. Because every one of us, life is difficult. Life was not easy for the Lord Jesus Christ. But he says, you're, joint, you're going to suffer with me, but you're going to heaven with me forever and ever and ever. As songwriter said, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. All trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrows will erase when we see Christ. Folks, focus on Jesus Christ. The sinner inherits a heavenly home. Folks, salvation is fantastic. It's unbelievable. I get eternal life in heaven. John 14, verses 1 and 2, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. It's a, don't be afraid, don't be stressed out. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And where I am, there ye may be also. You know what I love about that? He didn't say, I'm going to send my angels. I'm coming for you myself. You know, that could happen this morning. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be wonderful Christmas morning if Jesus came himself? John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. My concern this morning, why do we wait until it's too late to share the greatest news of all? My dad died and went to heaven in 2014. I could send him a gift. He's not going to get it. I've had many, many times when people in the church would say, Pastor, so-and-so's dying. They need Jesus Christ. They need Jesus Christ before they were dying. Then they feel really bad after they had died and they said, oh, they, they needed Jesus Christ. Folks, people need Jesus Christ today. God didn't save you to hoard the gospel. God saved you to share the gospel. And John chapter 3 Verse 16 is the gospel in a nutshell, and it's for everyone.
You see, God wants you to experience salvation, and he wants every person to experience salvation. For God so loved the world, that's you, that he gave. You don't have to wonder if God loves you. When you're going through a trial, you don't have to wonder, God, do you love me? Have you forsaken me? Where are you? God said, same place I was when my son was dying on the cross of Calvary. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I know this. Many of you can't remember what you got last Christmas. I'm not going to put you on the spot because your spouse will get mad at you. And 10 years ago, that gift, whatever you got, is probably in the junk or the dump, in the garbage, right? Goodwill. But there's an everlasting gift. They guarantee God cannot lie. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer this morning.